Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. Let's get started. So welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Here today, I have Danny. He uh, He's an old boss of mine. He's actually he's one of my first bosses as a developer, and uh, it's... It's really been a pleasure to to get to know him and and learn from him and grow from him and he's actually become a friend of mine over the years. So I'm really happy to have him on. So, Danny, thanks so much for being here. He's still one of my favorite favorite uh, engineers to this well, day. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I I know that's something that every boss has to say, but I still love hearing it. I, I really appreciate that's that. No, nope, I'm saying that not <laughs> out of any sort of. Uh, you know, responsibility. It's it's just it's the truth. Well, thank you, Danny. Thank you. Well, why don't you give a little bit of an intro into your your background as a developer? Like, what do you what do you do right now, and uh, what have you done in the past? Uh, right now, I work for a company out of Chicago uh, called Dialog Tech. They are um, they do telephony analytics, which uh, for those of you still awake, um, is actually a pretty cool uh, bit of technology um, that it's, it's kind of like Google Analytics for for telephones. Uh, it's usually like this black box uh, within an organization is what happens on the telephone. Like, uh, you know, what's, what's going on with these conversations that people are having. So our software kind of sits within someone's telephone system and provides metrics into their, uh, their phone calls. So we, we can process their voice uh, into text and then we can apply machine learning and artificial intelligence on top of uh, those transcriptions and then provide all sorts of useful information back to the, the enterprise customer. So like super basic example, if you were Terminix uh, and you're a pest control company, um, you have all these phone calls coming in from all these different call centers throughout the country. You have no idea like what's going on, what's happening on these phone calls. So with our software, you can see like, oh, everyone who's calling from South California is saying the phrase bed bugs, bed bugs over and over again. So it's a really easy key to that company to be like, oh, we should, we need to shift marketing uh, for bed bugs over to Southern California. So um, that's just one super basic example. Um, auto manufacturers love our service for getting uh, metrics about like what types of issues people are having with their cars. For for example, BMW could know that like 70% of their calls in Illinois have to do with like transmission. So um, my role within that company is to is to modernize and engineer the user interface. Uh, so we've been doing a lot of stuff with um, component libraries, React, uh, GraphQL, um, just to name a few. Uh, before Dialog Tech, I bounced around within the software engineering frontward front front end development um, uh, industry, just uh, doing all sorts of things from working in design firms to uh, working in the board of trade, uh, doing uh, on the trading floors, working on on uh, brokerage software, uh, all the way back to um, my days uh, working in Charlotte for Wells Fargo National Bank as a uh, cubicle engineer for a monolithic company. So, 
um, kind of had the cool thing I like about like this industry is is you get to experience all different types of businesses. But your your job, you can kind of be an engineer um, and do the thing that you love to do, but float through these industries and get exposed to all different kinds of of, of things. So that's one thing I really liked about it. Yeah, you're someone that that very quickly and uh, you very quickly get into a situation, a new position, and you're you're super eager to learn. You just you soak up everything like a sponge. Um, I think that's one of the shining traits about you is you really are just like a you're just positive all the time. You like even on your down days, you you kind of just bring this positive, constructive attitude that everyone loves. Um, and you've probably done it throughout your whole development career. Oh, thanks. That's actually one thing I really um, appreciated about you coming in um, to Analyte was uh, your attitude. Like attitude can go such a long ways. Uh, even if you are a new new developer and you're coming into technologies that you don't quite fully have a great understanding of, if you have a positive attitude and confront challenges with optimism um, and and just uh, being open to learning and, and uh, that attitude can go a long ways. It's absolutely very important. Yeah, it's great to hear that. I feel like the more people I talk with, the more they really care about, they, they say different things for it, but attitude, personality, eagerness to learn. And, you know, what's funny is a, like a lot of other hiring managers, they like, it, it feels like they're they're looking for a good cultural fit. Uh, they're looking for a good personality to come onto the team, especially like junior, right? Because you can you can really you can teach them, you can help them. There are code reviews. There's a process at the company that helps ramp them up. Um, oh, so before I forget, uh, you're going back to Analyte. You what was kind of like your role in the hiring process? Because I believe, actually, I'll, I'll kind of just let you you describe it yeah i um i you know was on a pretty small front-end engineering team so um my role in the hiring process was to um initially just screen folks over the phone um to see what their sort of depth of knowledge was uh before we scheduled the um the in-person interviews and then when we opted to bring them in, I would sit down with them either one-on-one -on -one or with someone else from the front-end team, and we would just, we would just ask questions um, about their lives and just about like what sorts of uh, experiences they've had with you know, whatever language they're, they're working in. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, you were one of the first people I talked to through that interview process. Um, I, I remember... I remember us talking a bit about React because you guys were kind of picking up. I think you you we had a, a React component in the order process, and you wanted to be able to manage that, maintain that, potentially utilize React a little bit more in the code base. Um, I remember. I think as technical as the interview got, we really we really just had like a, a tech talk, kind of like, and, and we dove into what fascinated us about development and, and React. Um, was there, was there a normal, uh, cause I remember other applicants kind of had to go through a, uh, like a practice project. I think you guys would hand out. Um, fortunately I was able to, we were kind of just able to have a fun conversation 
do you feel like the the live streams gave exposure into like my coding? I'm kind of curious, like what, like how I kind of passed that that portion up of the interview. Yeah, um, your live streams uh, were were pretty pretty key because you know not only did that give us place um, as a starting point to to learn about you um, and your skills, but it also clued us into your passion into the industry and the technologies that you are learning about. And that attitude of reaching out to others to, to educate them is is, a, is super telling um, to a young engineer. Uh, so that, that went a really long ways, especially once we started talking about you um, in comparison to some of the other folks we were, we were interviewing. Um, that was just one of the key, like, you know, sticking points that everyone kept coming back to is like, oh, he's doing all this outreach and he's doing all this education and he's he seems super interested in in like bettering himself and others and and that's that's super key in this industry, I think. Okay, interesting. So, really, the the key was the key was the outreach that kind of gave you a little bit of exposure into the type of person I am, I guess. Well, so a lot of people are kind of nervous with live streams and I, I kind of, I do, I, I push it. Like I, I try to get people to live stream and just expose themselves a little bit more because a, a lot of people are really great people. They're just, they're nervous and they go through these closed channels of doing cold applications and they have, some of them have very dry portfolios that doesn't show any of their personality. There's nothing on social media about them. So they're really going in blind and then employers bring in someone in blind and that that process of getting to know the person it's going to take a lot longer so for people that are a little bit shy for live streams do you have any advice or recommendations on other things that they can do to kind of expose their, themselves a little bit and uh, be a, a positive influence in the community to a point where uh, that's going to be very attractive to an employer yeah, I think even if you're not doing something live, you can you can play with uh, video pre-recorded, um, do some audio podcasts even. Um, you know, one thing that's super important is to like find ways to, to differentiate yourself. Um, you know, like most people have a GitHub account, maybe they have like commits associated with their name, like we can go into their LinkedIn and we can see, you know, a couple photos here and there, but um, you know, it's very two dimensional. Like if you can kind of open up that third dimension of seeing like, um, having audio, having like stuff you've done to contribute to the larger community, um, that's going to give us more optics, like in more differentiation than just seeing like commits in a GitHub profile or like a resume or, uh, because you know, it, it unlocks that personality. And, and that's one of the things that we're really like looking for. Yeah, early on. That makes sense. Uh, so how how would someone give that information to you? Do they do they kind of mention it in a cover letter? Because I remember I would put my live stream in the cover letter. Um, I'm not sure if that was really a good place for it. I just had to put it somewhere. My resume was full. Um, so wh- how do people kind of deliver that information to you? Do they do it through the application process or do they do it in the first interview? What would you suggest? I would say um, cover letters are extremely important. Uh, you should always write a personalized cover letter 
to the company that you're submitting your resume to. Um, I've gotten more than one job that way, and like the the you know the the person at that company even said like, you know, what really stood out was your cover letter. It was like personal to our company, and you're talking about our technologies. Like you really took the time to understand what our company was all about, and and you added all this context to your resume. So like, I know it's time consuming, but if you yeah. just sit down and you you know, carve out those cover letters. Like even if a, a paragraph or two, you can kind of reuse between cover letters to say like, this is who I am. And you know, th these are things I've done online and stuff, but like always try to carve out that like paragraph or two that's customized like to that company to really speak to them. Um, and then, yeah, you can op open up and like add like links about, um, Hey, here's some 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 Twitch streams I've done, and here's some personal pet projects. Like those are, yeah, it's always really good to see those up front. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because I think I think a lot of people, um, I know it's it's been a while for you, but a lot of people going through the application process are tired. They're tired of all the rejection, and they get discouraged easily. So um, a lot of the there's a lot of conversation around that, but um, it's hard to see the results of the effectiveness of a cover letter so i i notice a lot of people they're just like well screw the cover letter you know if i'm not going to get an email back i've gotten rejected you know 50 to 100 times i'm not going to include it it's it's a shame because it is so powerful for a junior position how are you going to stand out how are you going to show that you are a good fit and you can provide value and you you care about you know you did a little research so you're actually you you are trying to find a good fit um so it's, yeah. it's discouraging yeah. to see that yeah, it's really hard to to get that first job or two straight out of a boot camp or, or college, like, um, you know, because you don't have that sort of bulleted list under your experience. Um, so looking for things that aren't career experience that you can add as like, you know, experience is like, well, you know, I, I started up this podcast that talks about programming topics as, as an experience. It's not, you know, it was my own thing, but it shows self it shows initiative and, and self self drive and that kind of thing. And also just following up like directly, if you can get an email or phone number of someone within the, the company that you can continue to follow up with, like showing that initiative after you've sent in your resume can go a long ways, or at least give you some insight into like where your resume is in their process. Maybe it's, Maybe they haven't had a chance to, to look at it or, you know, they're setting up phone calls and that kind of thing. And maybe you can get the ball rolling there as well. Yeah, yeah. That's really good advice. It's uh, something I, I even forget to do at times. So what were, what were a few common things you noticed among applicants that uh, kind of like initially stood out that made you realize they weren't going to be a good fit? What are, what are some common habits that developers can kind of watch out for when they go into an interview process and really hone in and try to improve with themselves? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to, to tell if someone uh, has a lot of nerves going into an interview. And I feel like um, a way to diffuse that up front, if you want, is just to sort of even admit it, like right up front, <laughs> coming in, it's like, wow, I'm actually really nervous right now. And, and you know, a lot of times, sort of showing your vulnerability to someone early can 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 sort of personalize you with them and like it it it's can tr kick off a conversation even to be like oh yeah I, I i know 
the situation you're in. Like I was nervous in these things as well. And like, we're not, and they can also sort of set expectations of like, we're not going to rake you over the coals here. Like it's easy to remember that it, well, it's important to remember. I would say that like, you know, it's just a conversation you're having with someone, um, trying to let them get to know you. Um, but also pretty key is that you're trying to get to know them and to decide like if they are a good fit, uh, for you. So always keep that in mind too, that, that you're interviewing, uh, them as well. Um, but to get back to your original question, um, one thing that is a huge turnoff in an interview is just the sort of like, um, the, the no enthusiasm thing. It, it can kill an interview, uh, so quickly. Like even if the, even if you have, are very skilled, um, you know, we, I've, done several interviews where we're talking afterwards and, and, uh, you know, people are saying like, oh, he just, he just didn't seem, uh, you know, really interested to be there. Like he seemed like, or she seemed like she was like put out to be there. Like she just didn't seem excited or or he didn't seem like, um, to have much enthusiasm. So just having an energy and an enthusiasm, um, can go such a long way. It all comes back to attitude. I've said that, you know, we've talked about that already, but attitude and enthusiasm are so important. So it's really enthusiasm to be there. It's not necessarily enthusiasm for coding. It's, it's more of just like this, you're, you're, you're getting a feel for who they are at that point in the interview. Um, so it's just enthusiasm in general, bring that energy and enthusiasm into an interview. Um, yeah, I think it's both. It's, you know, you know, a like, I'm I'm stoked to be here and and have uh, an, this opportunity to work here. Um, but you know, also showing that that energy towards like the things that you're learning or the skills that you've been developing, um, and that eagerness to learn more about the things. Like you know, because things are always going to come up in the interview where it's like, oh, do you know about you know X Y Z technology? And you're going to you're going to have a choice to make. You can either say, I have no idea what, how, what X, Y, Z is, but I'd like to learn, um, you know, or you try to BS your way through an answer to that, try to, to let them know that, you know what it is. I think it's always better to say, I don't, I've never had to use it. I know of it, you know, um, I'm eager to learn more about it. Uh, that, that goes a long ways. Um, one thing that, I would advise against is trying to BS answer about something that you're un- uncomfortable with. It's it's easier to say, you know, I want to learn more about this. I I, I don't know it yet, and and it's a, that's a fair answer most of the time. Yeah, that's that's really good advice. People are so nervous about about being right. Like they, I I don't know how you feel about this, but I see a lot of people preparing for the interview instead of uh, just like getting excited about having a conversation and learning more about the industry. And like, so, so I, I meet people that are really nervous. A lot of people are really nervous and they're going to go into an interview. What do I do for this interview? How do I act? Um, and I, I almost feel like any advice with that sort of thing, first of all, you don't know what the interview is going to be like. Every company does it different. Everyone, every interviewer is, is very different. Um, so at least for me, what, what helped, and this is my recommendation for people is, uh, just just keep coding. Have fun. Um, if you had planned on working on your project that night, keep working on it. Like just 
just keep moving forward and then get a good night's sleep, good breakfast, go to the interview. And, and just like, you know, some people will meditate. Some people work out. I worked out before an interview that kind of calmed my nerves. It just drained me. So uh, I only had so much enthusiasm, but it, like I was nervous and I could just have fun with the interview. Uh, well, I wasn't that nervous. But what but for people that are really <laughs> for people that are really nervous going into an interview that they just want to that they just want to have the perfect interview they want to get it right they want to get this job um, and that's kind of building that anxiety uh, what's your advice for for people like that like what what can they do to uh, go into the interview with the correct mindset uh, I would say probably three things. Um... I'd say one, uh, you know, don't forget to breathe <laughs> going into it. Yeah. Um, I've done this, like, you know, I get super nervous, like, and I'm talking through something that I'm excited about. And I realize, like, while I'm talking that, like, A, I'm talking really fast. And B, I'm, like, out of breath because, like, I've, I've gotten, like, so nervous and bundled into this thing that, like, you know, I, I can't even breathe. So, like, try to stay relaxed and breathe. Uh, two, I would, you know a lot of it's just body language. So even if you just put yourself in a relaxed, um, body language, like it can help you, your, you know, trick your brain into calming down a little bit. So like, you know, lean back a little, put a, put, cross your legs, get comfortable, like let them see that you're, you're comfortable to be there. Um, that you're not all, you know, bundled into a little, little fetal position in your chair there. <laughs> um, and, and I'd say the third thing, you know, kind of practical advice is, and one thing I always like to do is, is try to like, you know, think of someone that you, uh, that you admire who has poise and confidence or um, otherwise kind of owns these sorts of situations. Like just think about like maybe what they would do. And, and, it, and if it helps to like emulate them a little bit um, to help calm your nerves, like that can help too. I like that idea. Thinking about like even, you know, almost everyone has a mentor, and usually your mentors are people. I, I for me, like a mentor would be kind of a better version of myself. They're doing things that I want to do, um, and that I admire them. So I feel like if you did that and you thought about emulating them, it almost kind of like it gets you out of your head. It, it like it distances you from all the anxious thoughts you're feeling. And <clears throat> you're, you're really focused on emulating. You're focused on what, what they would do. It, it almost like breaks your thought pattern to, uh, that's probably this, this wheel that's been going round and round as you like drove to the interview. I like that, that emulation. Yeah. It's kind of, if anything, nice. just let a little air out of that, that anxiety balloon. That's easy to <laughs> to fill like you know yeah. Um, yeah. Break, break you out of a, a cycle like it's it's easy to get in your head like you said and and just get super clammy and clammed up um and then you start uh you know you start uh being your own worst enemy at that point i guess yeah yeah i agree um okay so what are well so there are kind of three three paths to becoming a developer three common paths that people kind of say so a cs degree boot camp and self-taught. Those are kind of the three that people toss up uh, into the air. And some people feel like certain paths are better than others. Some people feel like um, hiring managers care about one over the other. So 
I kind of want to get your opinion. What are your thoughts between the three? Like, do you do you have any um, do you have any assumptions when someone comes in with a certain like a CS degree versus like a a boot camp? Uh, because they do provide different education. It's it's a different experience. So I kind of just want to hear your thoughts between the three uh, for developers that come yeah. in and apply. Yeah, I um I don't tend to look too hard at like um, formal education. Um, I I very much more interested to learn about like what have they done um, on their own time like have they built any projects on their own um, you know what what types of uh, skills have they picked up um, do they have like any work experience yet um, because I think more important than the uh, the degree is just um, the ability to to do the work and um, that knowledge into the skills that we need, uh, and and their per and like sort of that attitude, that sort of self-driven, e eager to learn attitude. Um, I would take someone out of like a self-taught situation um, with a great attitude, eager to learn, who has a couple of things that they've built on their own uh, or have done things in the the community. Uh, over someone with, you know, a BS in computer science with um, uh, an okay attitude and like, <laughs> and maybe a job or two, like I, I would, I would go for the, for the, for the former, for sure. That's, I, I think a lot of people are going to appreciate hearing that. Um, do you, do you remember, uh, I, and I, I got that feeling from you too, first of all, like it, it, it was kind of irrelevant. Uh, we didn't talk about formal education at all, I don't think, in the interview process. Uh, but that, I think that's very refreshing to hear. And uh, what's what's interesting, uh, you remember Scott. I remember uh, he when I had that interview with him, he, uh, he was, like, cautious because I came from a boot camp. Uh, he's had some bad experiences from people came from a boot camp. And uh, so that was, like, the first exposure of well you know maybe some hiring managers do have this um this uh feeling about certain educational uh pathways and stuff like that so i like i first of all i'm lucky that i got you as a kind of a first manager because you you looked right past that uh, but I, I i feel like and from what i hear from other people most people feel that way. They don't really care about the education. It's what you can do, what you can contribute, and who you are as a person, and like how that's going to integrate into the team. That's so. It's, it's yeah. refreshing to hear that from you. Yeah. Well, I think one great thing about the boot camps, like I, I don't know, can't speak for all of them. I know there's lots of them, but uh, they they help you really focus down on on a specific set of skills. Uh, that are perhaps in like a really high demand mm -hmm. and they can sort of teach you the fundamentals of, on that particular set of skills. Um, if it's JavaScript or even if it's more focused, like if it's React within JavaScript, um, you know, it, they help you focus down on the, the fundamentals and like actually uh, learning that particular technology from the ground up in a very like, um, you know, focused way I think there's a lot of virtues to that whereas you know college educated uh, folks are often being exposed to all different types of 
um, classes that are some are relevant to being a programmer, some are totally not. Like I remember um, when I was getting my degree, like I had a um, had a COBOL class, which uh, you know had no no bearing whatsoever on on being a front end developer, except like it sort of exposed you to like you know the fundamentals of a programming language. But um, I didn't. There were no you know, of course this was like the '90s, but there was there wasn't even a JavaScript class in my college degree. I'm a computer science major, but, you know, I had a front-end developer, but I took no front-end programming courses in college. So. <laughs> uh, but that's what I like about boot camps is, you know, they take fresh minds and, and can sculpt that technology, like, um, from the ground up, like, very focused. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, and you, you had mentioned um, there are all sorts of boot camps out there. I think, and it's unfortunate, but really about ninety-eight to ninety-nine percent are, in my opinion, they're going to get you halfway. You have to be careful about what you invest your money in. Um, there are really good boot camps, but um, I think I think where boot camps start to shine uh, are are boot camps that, first of all, like, and this is kind of just my piece of advice they have a really strict interview process um, they have the amount of time that it's going to take to learn a language uh, like they've accounted for that because I see boot camps that will in three months you're going to learn five different languages and you're going to build all these different apps and uh, or not three months like a, a month and a half and it, it scares me when I see that I'm like they're spread too thin there's no way that they're going to be able to remember all of what they learned and apply it so boot camps are tricky they really are, but if you get a good boot camp, um, I, I think you're going to be in really good shape. So we kind of talked about the uh, like, the interview process, and um, it, it was honestly great hearing like your perspective because I never really like never really dove deep into this with you. Uh, so it's really good hearing your perspective on, on how you see new candidates coming in and kind of what you look for. Um, and I think people are really going to appreciate that. But let's dive into like what is a a junior developer, a new developer, what do they bring to the table? Like, what are some positive things that they can bring onto a team when you when you bring them on? What are you excited about when you bring someone on? Uh, you know, I think one of the one of the virtues there is just that they're coming in kind of with a clean slate. Um, you know, engineers that have been at it for a while who you know are 10, 20 years in, they may come in with a lot of sort of baggage or bad habits or um, you know, terrible experiences with previous companies or teams. So they may have like a bit, bit of an attitude problem, like, you know? <laughs> so I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot to be said for someone who's, who's coming in fresh, um, eager to get going. Um, you know, a lot of boot camp students and, and college kids as well are, you know, uh, typically instructed on, like I said, the, the, those underlying programming fundamentals, Whereas I think a lot of older developers maybe have been like sort of hacking and slashing for, for many years to get like um, into that sort of niche. Uh, what do you so, mean you know, hacking like, and slashing? Well, like a lot of, uh, you know, web developers who are like 30, 40, 50 years old, um, you know, grew up learning a lot of this on their own, like uh, just by virtue of these technologies being like so new at the time. Um, you know, when I, when I started JavaScript, it was just like, 
it was just such this squirrely little dumb language that had no real purpose to it. Like people were using it to put like the little scrolling messages in the browser. Like, it was such a hacky yeah, little like, like uh, undisciplined language. But now it's like formalized and there's testing frameworks and it's like, oh, it's all really, it's all, it's all very, very nice. Um, but yeah, I, it, I think um, a lot of folks who are coming in out of college and boot camp have the the virtues of, of um, being able to, to sort of look at this um, programming language as as sort of this uh, this new um, formalized specification uh, who who don't have all the bad habits and baggage that that perhaps come with um, an older engineer. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, so when you have kind of a, uh, an older engineer that comes in and onto the team, do you feel like there's a way to get them to open up again? Do you feel like there's a way to get them to be open to learning, eager to learning, to be a little bit more, more humble? Or do you feel like a lot of people are very set in their ways? I don't think that people get too much. Uh, it hasn't been my experience that people are getting like too much set in their ways. Um, it's okay. just, you know, older engineers, like especially someone who's coming into a new company, they're, they're, they either just got out of a bad company that they left on intentionally of their own like volition, or they were like, go for some reason. Like there's, they're going to be coming in with some sort of, some sort of, um, some sort of bad experience or, you know, unless they are just happy to, you know, they, they ended this job on perfect terms and they were just ready for something mm -hmm. new and, you know, they're on to our company. So, um, it's, it's just, you know, it's just people at the end of the day. So it's all about like, uh, building, um, building relationships and rapports within your team. I, we haven't really talked about that, but I think that's kind of important is just to like, um, you know, like just get to know folks in your team and like, like build that friendship slash rapport. Like, uh, it just makes the work days a lot more fun when you, when you get yeah. along with everyone yeah. in your team and, um, it makes the good times all the, all the better. It makes the, the hard times a little bit easier to bear. Like, um, me and my three, four colleagues just the other night were playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare like uh, after work. I, it was a, just a really nice way to sort of unwind as a team um, after, you know, putting in a couple hours over the weekend. So, um, you know, that's that's a, that's when it's that's when it can be a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, I, I really like that. What, so. I think a lot of people coming into a new position are really nervous too. And so um, that's such great advice to, to really open up to your team and get to know them that because that shaped my first job like that. That was my introduction into the industry. And that's why I really appreciate uh, you and Analyte so much is because that could have been a really bad experience. I've, I've heard bad experiences for junior developers. Uh, so yeah, that, that people that it, were, were pretty unique, it was such a great group. It really was. <laughs> They were really unique. I, I, I kept seeking that out again. I kept seeking that out again. I didn't quite find the the perfect fit, but I, I definitely found some really good companies. Uh, but for people that are coming in, that are kind of nervous, uh, that kind of 
kind of know that they should get to know the team, but don't really know how to initiate that, don't really know what to say, who to talk to, to really make their life a lot easier at the company. Um, do you have any advice for, for people like that? Yeah, I would just say, like, stay open to um, just new little conversations and connections. Like, you can start super... Um, super small with that like most companies are in something like slack now where like everyone's sort of in chat rooms about various topics and there's often like one or two kind of off topic rooms where like people are discussing non-work things um and just i think looking for opportunities to get involved in a conversation or two about um those off topic things is super helpful and like you know eventually you'll just find like a comrade or two that you share like common interest with next thing you know that like you're like kind of talking one-on-one and sharing jokes and stuff like that um so and i think those connections can just happen organically if 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 you are open to them um and just stay involved with conversations uh as they come up uh yeah it'll it'll just happen for for you over time i think um as you get into the new team i feel like there's definitely always that period of like a a month or so at a new company where at least for me i rarely say much of anything in the chats like i'm pretty quiet i'm lurking i'm kind of like um feeling everyone out and learning like everyone's personality types um then you can start like throwing in a joke or two or (laughs) like sharing like a link you found online that you thought was cool and um you know for instance yesterday someone shared like uh like the rocket launch that was going on uh, in one of the chat rooms, um, you know, that, that kind of like clued me in right there to, to like who the space nerds were. So like, <laughs> it's a good opportunity to, to start chatting about other, other little topics around that, in that realm. It's fun, but there's all, there was, you know, usually there's like a TV movies chat or, you know, just get involved in those like little, little channels that whatever company you end up with. And, you know, if you can connect on movies and TV shows and video games and, stuff like that you're gonna you're gonna make uh buddies in your workplace in no time yeah i i 100 agree um the problem with me is i don't remember movie titles so i can't i can't connect it's it's terrible it's actually really frustrating and people talk about actors actresses i don't know any of them I just don't know what was My that movie will... with, the, with the guy and he did the thing yeah sort of the tall short uh, guy all <laughs> uh, right and you hear that the seventh time from me and you, like people are just shaking their heads so i connect through games right that's that's my thing um yeah. and i i think that's a really cool thing that you play call of duty i mean like we started doing that uh when i was at analyte and that was a lot of fun and then we continued it right um exactly. yeah. but it, it's it's almost nice to get that exposure of um what it's like to work with people i i and that's what i found is you can work with people you can have a really good work relationship um, and then not talk with them outside of work. And that's fine. You don't have to be friends. You just, you got to work together. You got to get along. You you have to enjoy working with, with the people that you work with. But when you do connect with them through a movie, that's not me, but through a video game, which is me, um, it, it like, it just, like, they're, they're more open to conversation. They're more open to feedback. You're more open to feedback from them. And you're more willing to help each other out. Like, it, it, it just creates that personal connection that uh just strengthens your work relationship that's that's one thing i like about like game nights um and and things like that because uh catalytic 
would host at game night. Uh, I unfortunately was too busy to participate in one of those things, but I love them. I, I love when companies host something like that. It's such a nice breaker. Yeah. yeah, and I will say that like you'll always meet some. You may meet someone at your company who either doesn't seem to like be very easy to work with or seems like they just don't like you for some reason and that's fine like <laughs> um <laughs> uh, but either you know you can chalk it up as like um you know this person's kind of a known quantity uh for whatever reason um or uh you know you may stumble upon something that they are interested in that you are also interested in um that you can start like pinging them random questions about and um you know, one thing about a difficult people is like if you can find what they're into and sort of become like more, you know, kind of bridge that gap with them, uh, it can make your your life a lot easier. Uh, hopefully, you don't come up across a, a whole lot of difficult people, but it's gonna happen, I'm sure, in your your journeys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's good advice. So. Uh, so we, we talked about some of the positives juniors bring. Um, what about some of the, uh, some of the qualities that juniors bring that, uh, might be challenging, uh, to the team, uh, even kind of bring it into the new code base. What do you, what, what are some of those challenges that you see juniors kind of bring in, uh, that you got to work through with them? Um, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff like in this in this um profession uh a lot of tricks and solutions that that come with like just sort of quote unquote doing the work um that you know are it's really hard to pick up in a boot camp or something like that there's there's lots of tools and software to learn the ins and outs of like there's um learning the quirks of, around your editor and integrating your the code base that's hard unless you start just kind of doing that over and over again at different companies and different code bases um there are lots of sort of best practices you need to get up to speed on that you may not necessarily be keyed into coming out of um education um you know and then there's all this sort of like simple facts like oh this is maybe this person's first office environment experience so that kind of comes with a whole host of, of challenges too. Um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, as, as long as that sort of that, you know, quote unquote, sort of junior level new, um, person coming in has that, that desire to learn and that, that desire to communicate, um, and show enthusiasm and be enthusiastic and sort of take, uh, challenges and setbacks with optimism is, is just so important. Um, and keep coming back to attitude, but, uh, you know, it's, if you, even if you run into something at work where like, oh, uh, my inexperience got me into this coding issue, uh, and I broke something, whatever that may be like, um, to not like get doom and gloom, just kind of keep, keep optimistic and, and roll with punches and, and try to figure out like, you know, how to avoid that thing in the future um such a good attitude to have so i feel like any you know those little those drawbacks that come with bringing in a, a sort of a junior engineer can be sort of easily mitigated with some with the right attitude and the right conversation the right uh, uh you know the desire to communicate 
Yeah, yeah, and so I, I think a lot of people hear about attitude. Um, how how did you develop such a positive attitude? Uh, were were you always like this, or did you did you really have to kind of like strive for it, and you you had to build up certain habits for it? How, how did you become you? Just a, it was just a road paved with just terrible attitude for two decades. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. Like I I've dealt with difficult folks, and it's it's always like sort of um, hard to talk to them about about work topics or, um, you know, they, they just like, you know, having someone who's difficult can, can make your day so much worse. And I've, I've never wanted to make anyone's day worse just because they have to work with me. So like, um, you know, I, I think, uh, it's just looking for ways to make your colleagues lives better. Uh, by having you around is I think such a key thing um you know uh just having that willingness to to fill in all gaps you may have or you know just be helpful like if you have information that someone uh, is looking for to to provide that to them or like you know um keep an eye out for tooling that makes maybe makes someone's job easier um stuff like that but I don't, you know, I, I'm the first to, to say about myself that I'm sort of like on this journey also as an engineer. Um, and, you know, I'm always trying to like, uh, you know, be a good, I just want to be a helpful, good employee and, and, and help people on my team. And I just think that being a good team player is just an important thing in general. I, I don't have a good answer about like how why I am me. <laughs> I guess I, I, uh, I... Go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, I, I, I think you, you kind of gave the answer without realizing it. And it, it's really, it's almost like doing the action without expecting the reward right away. So it's really about being a person. Um, and we talked about emulating even if this isn't you at first pretending because i i do think in the end it's going to serve you and serve the people around you but being a person that does look out for others that's going to show that's going to shine like you said you shared tooling you've always come off as a person that um has been helpful never you've never wanted to put anyone down you've always wanted to build other people up <clears throat> and i think i i think you almost have to be that person for a while until it really sticks in because you are going to see i think you know just as people we need to kind of feel rewarded to really strengthen habits and when you when you do do that you help others and you you build other people up it feels good right you feel good about it you make other people feel good and it just makes your work uh, relationship a lot better with them and overall it's it's good for both of you and eventually you'll see that you'll feel that and it'll just become natural um but I, I think you really did give the answer of you just you got you have to do things for others and and that's where that positivity and your spec your perspective starts shifting. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah, that's a great answer, Don. Um, I would add too that like um, for me personally, uh, you know, I've been working um, remotely for uh, 
over 10 years now and I really love like the remote work working from home has a whole lot of like advantages um, you know I, I do I do miss um, the office environment sometimes and like being face to face with friends and, and stuff is, is really and colleagues is nice um, but uh, you know working from home is great and I, I would say that like one thing that I've always said to myself is um, if I want to be an effective off-site employee, um, I really need to uh, just go that extra mile with being communicative and um, helpful um, and just putting that emphasis on, on uh, uh, making myself as in the office as possible, even though I'm not there, um, because I from my from my thinking is that like you know they could they could find someone local to do the same like type of work so it's kind of on me to to make it worth it for them to have to have someone like me like offsite that makes sense that definitely makes sense uh you do have to you do have to build up a lot of skills being remote you were my first remote boss that's the first time i've ever like i didn't meet you until the end right <laughs> until like we we both kind of moved on and that that was a crazy feeling because you were you were one of my best bosses i've worked in other offices before and it blew me away i'm like oh i don't i don't know how this is gonna go him being that far away i this is this is odd this is weird uh but it ended up being really good um uh, so i it it actually gave me confidence that um you could work remote like this is a real thing and and you could be effective at a company you you can build a company up and it's just like all about like you said building up your communication skills that's in in your presence and there's a way you could you could feel present at the company and still be remote and it's about how you talk with people and engage and um so it's just a really it's kind of like a eye-opening for me but uh yeah i think too um like i would just say like ultimately too at the at the end of the day you know we we have to work a lot it's just part of our our culture um to work to build to earn money to do things obviously to eat and things it's important (laughs) but uh like you know it's it's good to to end the day um just being able to say to yourself that like i'm you know a helpful person on the team like i'm you know you want to go to bed feeling good that you're making uh, making everyone's lives a little little easier, and you're you're doing a good job, um, and uh, that's that's always I think that's always nice, like to have that have a clear conscience at the end of the day that <laughs> you're, you know, trying to make lives a little easier. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, well, okay, so I have one last question for you. Uh, I think. I think a lot of junior developers that are currently in a position, <clears throat> they're, they're, I think most people are striving to become better. They're striving to uh, just get further in their career and become a more efficient and helpful developer. There, A lot of people do, they're trying to soak up information, they're trying to grow. Uh, and I think, but I, I think a lot of people feel like they don't really know when they've transitioned in kind of past that junior role right so they don't feel like they know uh well, well first of all like sometimes even what to strive for 
right? Uh, so even just setting goals for yourself. I guess what I'm asking is, how does someone transition from being a junior developer to a mid-level developer? What goals should they set for themselves? Uh, but like, really the important part of this question is, what are the differences you see between a mid-level developer and a junior developer? Yeah, I think, um, I feel like uh, I consider um, sort of more junior level developers to be kind of a little bit more like kind of tactical, uh, like, um, you know, sort of boots on the ground, for lack of a better phrase, like engineer who can, um, can work on targeted things, um, who may need some, some guidance and handholding through code review or maybe more pair programming, stuff like that, but, um, you know, can't operate completely independently, uh, needs quite, quite a bit of, uh, assistance, things like that. I think, um, like transitioning out of that role, um, means that you are, you know, getting more involved in meetings. Um, you've, you've kind of gained the respect and trust of your peers. So you, you know, you're making decisions that, that they agree with and like you're changing the sort of trajectory of, you know, projects and work that's, that's in flight, um, based on those. So you're, you know, you're, you're more, um, involved in like those, those product level discussions because, um, they say, Hey, Don has had some really good ideas with this user experience thing for X, Y, Z, like maybe let's have him in, in this meeting. So, um, that kind of trust that people have in your abilities to execute as an engineer um, and operate independently and start making um, decisions that are a little bit more high level that are impacting um, things outside of your direct role. Uh, that's I think that's when you start to to really transition out of that that junior level role. Okay, so it's. Uh... It, it and this is something you always encourage me with is to speak up with meetings because uh, I I remember I would I would have ideas but I I, I felt like I was too new I you know I was, I was shy about getting them out there uh, so you so you feel like a big portion of it is uh, really just kind of you know growing and learning but when you do and when you do pick up good habits and you start getting confidence uh, in being able to give suggestions that will impact the product in a positive way and people are listening, they'll gain respect for you. But really like the action to take is if you have a suggestion, kind of speak up in meetings, like let your voice be heard a little bit uh, and uh, let other people hear you. So, you, you know, even if you're wrong, even if, it, if uh, people are disagreeing with you, I think even just the act of speaking up um, it's, it's just going to, you're eventually going to say something, right? You're eventually going to say something that has like a really positive impact and people are going to remember that and they gain respect for you for that. So, uh, do you feel like to, to really kind of like fix, like if, if someone is kind of stuck in a, where they feel in a junior role, do you feel like the step, the course of action is to speak up in meetings? Is it to make suggestions? What would be Yeah, I'm actually glad you're really... I'm really glad you, you brought that up because, uh, you know, that's actually one of the hardest things to, is to find your voice, like, um, in meetings, uh, at, at a new company. And by the way, I think your instinct to, to kind of maybe 
you know, float in the sh in the shadows, so to speak, uh, at first is probably a really good one. Like you don't want to like be fresh into a new job and like you know be throwing ideas all over the place. Um, it's good to kind of like learn like the sort of the the vibe of the company and the ins and outs of the team and like this and that before. Um, you start stepping in, of course, but yes, like it's, it's actually really, really hard. It's one of the hardest things is to like, um, sort of, you know, just be able to speak up like in meetings. It is very, uh, intimidating. Like there's a lot of people in the room, like a lot of people have been in that profession or for years and years. And like, there's multiple people in there in different jobs. So like, you know, it's kind of like this, who am I to have this idea? Um, and side note, I will say that, like, um, you know, the imposter syndrome is a very real thing within the engineering community. So, like, be mindful of that. Like, it's normal to think even 10 years in that, like, what am I, you know, one of these days they're going to discover that I'm a terrible developer. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> that's a normal thing. Try not to freak out about that. It's okay. But, yes, I would say um, – learning to trust your instinct when someone says something you don't agree with, like that is a very key thing um, to be able to, to start to, to hear that voice inside your head to say, I don't agree with this. This is wrong for X, Y, Z reasons. And like starting to speak up and, and offering um, an opposing viewpoint because uh, by the way, you might have like that bit of info um, in the room that no one else has that you've been exposed to this problem before you've seen this detail play out like uh you 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 have that unique voice and that's part of the reason why you're in that team so um do consider that like consider um trying to be more vocal um if you if you feel like you maybe you are the quiet one in the room <laughs> and i i think that isn't just advice you're dishing out. That's advice that you practice. I remember, I, I remember feeling very shy. I also remember feeling, um, I, I remember disagreeing with people, but I, I didn't speak up. But I remember talking to you about it. You're really easy to talk to about things like this. But I think the one thing that you encourage, like I was at a point, it was like a, a month or two in, and you're just like, speak up like uh people want to hear what you have to say uh but you you gave me this piece of advice that i i took with me for the rest of my development positions and it allowed me to speak up but you basically said if you don't speak up if you really disagree with something um it's gonna fester like it kind of sits with you and it, people have a hard time of letting things like that go when they're not uh just getting it out there you know people can disagree with you but just to get your voice out there um and just express yourself and, and show your concern for a certain uh, implementation or strategy or whatever you're concerned about. Like, I really took that with me. And ever since then, I, I really did speak up. I, I was vocal about things. And one thing, like your piece of advice helped me gain that respect more quickly with my colleagues. And that was, uh, I like, that's just me telling you that that's really good advice. I I know you, you still mentor a lot of developers coming in, but that's advice that really changed the trajectory of my career and the respect that I earned for my peers. So um, it's, you know, I, I think that was really good advice. I just want to tell you that. That's great to hear. Thanks. And, and P.S., you, you always had great ideas. Like, you know, we, we undersell our, our, our value and our, um, our own knowledge 
and what we bring to the table. So yeah, it's getting out of that habit. Super key. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Danny, uh, I know, I know you kind of have to get back to things. I really appreciate you coming onto this podcast. We covered a lot more topics than I thought we were going to. You're just, you know, right to the point with really good advice and you just, you don't even have to think about it. This is just natural to you. Uh, so thank you so much for, (laughs) thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate you being on here and, and joining me. So, uh, if, if you had to kind of give like one final piece of advice for uh, junior developers or aspiring developers that are kind of struggling to get that first position, what, what would it be? I, um, you know, I, I, I'd say to be patient, um, be vigilant. Uh, don't, don't settle for, um, the first thing that comes along either. Like, I mean, obviously if you're, you're going through some financial hardships, you know, and you need to find work, obviously you need to take something right away. That's, that's totally cool. But I say, um, respect your life, uh, you know, and try to find an employer that respects a proper, um, work and life balance. Like, you know, this is very important. Like if your employer is expecting you to work evenings and weekends and tries to cultivate a culture, um, and normalcy around those types of hours, like, you know, be really careful about that. You can find yourself in a, in a job that can burn you out rather quickly. So try to find good people who respect, uh, your life outside of work. Um, it's very important. Uh, yeah. And I would just say, you know, um, don't, don't get dis- discouraged or disheartened. Um, just, just keep at it. Like, you know, the, the road to, to success is paved with rejections and, and heartaches. So <laughs> just got to keep, keep going and reaching out and making connections and making friends and being involved with podcasts like Don, Don's here <laughs> and um, staying, staying active and you'll find that dream job. That's excellent advice. Thank you so much, Danny. Again, I appreciate you coming on um, and uh I, I'm sure we'll we'll talk soon, but yeah, thanks so much. It was great talking with you. Thanks for having me. Let's do some uh, Call of Duty here soon. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds really good. All right, have a good rest of your day and, and take care of yourself. See you later, Danny. All right, thanks a lot. Thanks.